0: welcome to the let's think about that podcast where we don't just react we'll break it down and think about it we're going to talk news the law sports whatever we're thinking about we're your hosts, ed yeager and lee allen lee how are you my friend
1: i'm doing well ed and i hope you are
0: i am i am it's been a busy week huh
1: yeah very very
0: so one really interesting story that came out the last couple of days i guess it was uh fox news first and then uh new york post maybe but Uh, It basically says that the Biden administration is flying some people around the country away from Texas. You want to tell us about that?
1: Yeah, um, it is very interesting. And I think you're right. I think Fox News broke it yesterday and then the New York Post kind of took the ball and ran with it. Um, They've been tracking aircraft. And I don't know how many if it's – but there's uh, – they've tracked these flights from Texas – Back to Mexico, then to Florida and New York, and they think that when they go to Mexico, they're 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 returning um, illegal immigrants. But when they go to New York, they are transporting what they call minors, or maybe they don't use that term, children, uh, illegal aliens. Some of whom are in their early males in their early twenties. They're landing at. Odd hours, you know, two thirty, four thirty in the morning, kind of thing. You may have heard yesterday, Steve Ducey's son. What is his name? What's the younger Ducey's name?
0: Uh, Peter Ducey. Peter, who's Peter's the White the, House correspondent? Right,
1: yeah. the White House correspondent. He asked Saki in her press briefing yesterday about it, and she said, "Well, well, first I don't know that it's the middle of the night. Well, yeah, it is. Um, and and they're they're taking these children up there um, to New York." Uh, among other places, although I think New York is is what we know so far um, to either uh, live with um, their family members, you know, probably some air quotes to that, and, and or sponsor families. That there is, as you know, Ed, that a uh, federal act. I think it's called the Flores Act that requires unaccompanied. Or maybe not even unaccompanied, but minors who cross the border illegally and are apprehended by Customs and Border Patrol or, or even ICE, but whoever in the federal government apprehends them, they have to release these, these quote, children within 20 days of apprehension.
0: And I think Flores wasn't it wasn't an act in the sense of an act of Congress. I think it was like a consent judgment in some in litigation in the Ninth Circuit. Maybe. OK.
1: And that that's you may well be right. In fact, I think you are. But but uh, that's the uh, excuse, if you will, that the Biden administration is using to uh, to, to 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 take this act. They're, they're doing it, you know. Literally under the cover of darkness because they don't, they don't want people seeing it because they know politically it just doesn't play well and it is a uh, i guess a direct result of the biden administration's open border policy uh, and uh, it's it's kind of blown up uh, here in the last twenty four to thirty six hours with with these reports. And, you know, but one thing I don't know is how much play it's getting within the mainstream media. But I'm satisfied that if it if it gets any play, uh, it it will not uh, it will not be beneficial to the president and his administration and his the errors that he has made just continue, you know, on on, the lines. they are not even been slowed. I mean, it's just been one right after the other. And this is this is not politically popular with with the American people by a large margin, this this. chaos at the border and uh you know they still haven't reduced i'm sorry they still haven't released the numbers of either apprehensions or contacts or what they call getaways with uh, border patrol officers at uh at the southern border for the month of september and normally they're out by this time as i understand it this is this being the third week in october um and the 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 speculation is that it, it it is going to be north of one hundred and fifty thousand. The question is how much north of one hundred and fifty thousand that number will be when and if it's released.
0: Yeah, it's you know just a continuing Biden border crisis, which you can say. You know the story about the the flights going into Westchester County, New York. There were photos of of lines of of young people, you know. I don't think we really see minors as someone who's in their early 20s. But, you know, no, not given the administration's anymore. standards, maybe they are. But there are photos of lines of them coming off the plane and uh, the timestamp. One I'm was sometime after two and the one one was about four thirty in the morning. I've heard it said there's some type of voluntary curfew in that part of New York. So they're violating that. But it is a voluntary curfew. But why are they doing it in the middle of the night? And I think it prompts the question, where is the border anymore? Because there used to be the idea that there were certain border states who suffered because of unregulated uh, immigration. Well, now every state's a border state because the Biden administration is just moving people around the country wherever they want to take them. Uh, It's questionable whether they're working with locals or the states or anything else or they're just finding places to dump them. And when you talk about, you know, a, a relative or, you know, they use the phrase a vetted person. But the fact is, these aren't even necessarily family members or close family members. You know, kids showing up with somebody's name scribbled on a piece of paper. You don't know who wrote it there. And they try to do maybe some check. I'm not even convinced they're doing that. And they're yeah. just saying, that's OK. We'll just turn them loose.
1: And what's the status of the person to whom they're being released? And is this all part of some conspiracy to you know import uh, folks who, who shouldn't be here, uh, according to the law? Um, you know, where they maintain a list of folks who are willing to, quote, sponsor these, these uh, young folks um, just as a means to, to, to circumvent the law. I mean, it's, it's, it's really uh, – it's difficult. I think your, your point about the border is, is really pithy. Uh, it, it is the effects of the open border in principally Texas and Arizona, New Mexico, I guess maybe Southern California, but primarily Texas – is not just there because of the numbers and where they end up, and the fact that they're being released on parole or, or, or uh, whatever this this program is with these young uh, young people. Um, you know, they're scattering into into the country, and nobody knows where they're going. Uh, and and it's stressing uh, the taxpayers, particularly at the state level, by you know they they have a a, a need and a demand for certain services, um, and uh, the federal government is, is essentially forcing state and local governments to pay uh, for these services by, by, by transporting or allowing these folks to, to to go to their states, but not helping with the costs.
0: Yeah, it's uh, like an unfunded
1: mandate. It's exactly what it is. And I I was listening to the radio coming home from work, and I, I, I caught the tail end of it, but it was a Democrat... Um, congressman from I'm not sure if it was New York or but I think it was New York who was chastising the Biden administration to a fairly well saying, you know, I'm a Democrat, but the fact that you did this and you brought them into my district, so he may have been the West the 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 congressperson, congressman that that represents Westchester County or, or one of the surrounding counties. And, and you didn't even tell us, and you did it after dark, in the middle of the night, um and, and it's not just a handful. Um, you know, they there there's the numbers are unknown, but they're they're at least in the dozens, if not the thousands. And and you didn't tell us this and you're forcing folks to provide or the governments to provide services is just beyond the pale. Uh, so, you know, I, 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 again, I would say it's it's not popular, and it's hurting the president within his own party. Um, when when a Democrat congressman stands up and 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 says those kinds of things to the sitting president from his own party, is,
0: is yeah, th- I think that just shows the degree of, um, or let me put it this way, that shows the extent to which this is kind of just beyond the pale. Yeah, uh, this is extremist behavior. First, you know. Whatever you say, even though they want to claim they made a statement, the border is closed. The fact is they sent out the message before the election last year that they wanted to reverse all of Trump's border policies. Since then, they've said things like, well, being in the country illegal is no reason to deport somebody. Well, that's that's right. crazy. They've said, we don't believe in walls. Well, I tell you, when you send standards, when you send messages, when you say things like that, whether you know you do it locally or whatever, that message goes out across Central America, South America, the Caribbean, and then from there to parts around the world. And people are taking advantage of that to try to get into the country. Now, once you start doing that and you start shipping people into other districts, other states, other counties, those places do bear the burden in their social services systems, with law enforcement, with emergency responders, everything that comes up.
1: Excellent points. And I saw the figure. I think it's 82,000 unaccompanied minors or, or maybe young people. I'm not sure of, of the the actual definition that have come into this country uh, this year uh, or since the inauguration, um, which is a, a a lot greater than anything we, we've ever seen in, in, in the past. Jim Jordan made the point today uh, he was appearing before. I think it was the House Rules Committee, but I'm not sure. It may it may have been the January sixth committee, but he was appearing as a witness and he said that every month since the Biden has taken over has been a greater there has been a greater number of illegal immigrant crossing the border than there was the month before. So every month since he's taken over We've set a new record.
0: Uh, yeah, like the way he put it, and I didn't hear it before that commission, committee, but I've heard him say it in the past, something like May was a new record right. until June, and then June was a new record until July, and July was a new record until August. That's right. It just continues to get worse.
1: Yes, and uh, there's no response. I mean, uh, Saki made her comment about uh, uh, you know maybe it wasn't the middle of the night, but no one says, here's what we're going to do. And, you know, I think from an intellectual honesty standpoint, if they would at least stand up and say, yeah, that's what we're doing and we're going to keep doing it. And if you don't like it, do something about it at the polls in 2022. At least then you could you could, you know, sort of grasp what's going on. But they just refuse to address the problem. uh, and, And it continues unabated increasingly.
0: And lest anyone think that this is just anti-immigrant sentiment, it, it's a matter of security. And we've talked about that numerous times. Uh, CBN today reported an interview from Tony Gonzalez, who's a, a congressman from Texas, that he had been speaking with Ronna McDaniel, chairwoman of the Republican National Committee, and told her about an interv- or a, a conversation he had with Panama's foreign ministry. And, and according to this congressman, Panama does biometric checking on people going through the country and that they have found 52 people and arrested 52 people who are associated with Al Qaeda. Uh, I don't have any details. I don't know what their association was, but those 52 possible terrorists coming to the United States.
1: It, it, I heard it on Fox news yesterday morning. Um, and I don't remember who was saying it, but uh, it was, they had a guest on who said it. And then Brian Kilmeade said that he had heard it as well panamanian foreign minister you're right told maybe marco rubio or or, or in addition to to this this uh, tony gonzalez guy um that panama does do biometrics uh on anyone coming into their their country these folks are passing through panama on their way from central america to the united states illegally and 52 uh, folks were found to have known associations with al-qaeda and that's scary
0: Notice here Now, if there were 52 coming and they got all 52, that's great. But we don't know who they didn't catch, who is either come into the country or still trying to get into the country or what's happening.
1: That's right. And I heard today as well, it, uh, there is a group that is so um, both brazen and sophisticated, a, a group that is assisting Uh, These 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 folks to come to the United States from Central America, um, that they are using QR codes uh, to to control uh, the folks that they're bringing to this country. You know, for for bus traffic and boat traffic and and whatever that they that's that's how
0: that's that's how it's got yeah.
1: Yeah. And and it's 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 open. I mean, open and notorious. You know, it's uh, it's strange. it ought to be offensive.
0: It is offensive. It ought to be to everyone. And, you know, perhaps more people are catching on when you see Biden's poll numbers. Yes. The Biden border crisis continues. Uh, You know, one other thing I wanted to mention about a different subject, if we can move to that, has to do with federal judges. And just to set the stage on this a little bit, um, of course, under the Constitution, federal judges, it uses some language like serve for good behavior. Um, I, I may not have that exactly right. You'll correct me, I'm sure. During
1: For life during times of good behavior, I think. For life the... during
0: times of good behavior. So, you know, basically, if someone is appointed by the president, confirmed by the Senate as a federal judge, they sit for the rest of their life. Well, uh, some years back, they developed what's called senior status. And whenever a judge's age and years of uh, time on the bench equal 80, they can move into senior status and they continue to draw their full pay. And they just it's kind of a part time job. They hear what cases they want to hear. Um, and then the president can appoint somebody to replace them was, well, as we all know, the Trump administration did a great job filling a lot of judicial vacancies, kind of remade some of the circuit courts because they got so many appointees through the the uh, Senate. So what I've been doing is looking at what judges have taken senior status? And all of this is on the federal website. You just kind of got to go through the data. But I looked at current vacancies and anticipated vacancies. And then I went back and calculated or I noted which president had appointed them because that's some, some indication of their ideological bent. And so since January 20th, Inauguration Day, 66 judges on at the district court level or special courts or the uh, circuit courts have taken senior status and what that means they continue to draw full pay here's some cases and then the president gets to appoint somebody to replace them. well what's interesting about that 66 44 were appointed originally by Democrat presidents and 22 by Republican presidents. so two-thirds, of all the judges who've taken senior status since the inauguration were appointed by Democrat presidents, and now Joe Biden gets to appoint a replacement for him. What that's do you a, think about that?
1: That's a, Well, uh, I guess the first thing that strikes me is it seems to me, and I don't know whether this is the case or not, but my knee-jerk is that 66 judges, I assume the vast majority of whom are district court judges, taking senior status in exactly nine months today that's a lot um that's what a little over seven a month
0: um right i didn't know math would be involved but uh um, yes that's about right
1: that that's about the extent of my ability to do math so i had to show off a little bit for for you and the audience because you know if i could do math i wouldn't have to be a lawyer um but uh that seems quite high to me um I don't. I'm not a fan of the statutory uh, scheme or, or provision that allows judges to take senior status, um, because I, you know, I, it just seems to me it'd be a little bit dishonest. I mean, either you're a federal judge and you're 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 part of the judiciary and you're a full member, or you're not.
0: Kind of um, all in or nothing.
1: Right. I mean, I, I'm not aware of any federal. Actual Article Three judgeships that are part time. Um, and, and, and that's what you have, yet you're drawing full pay uh, with a law clerk or law clerks and, um, and an office. And, and, and you pick, as you said, you, you pick and choose the cases you want to hear. Um, I, I don't think that there's a, uh, a large uh, number of cases in the federal system that uh, can't be reached. I could be wrong there. I haven't practiced in the federal courts in quite some time, and just soon keep it that way. But um, I, you know, it's not like there there there's a backlog, um, and uh, so I don't like it to begin with. But I I, I worry uh, that this is part of some effort to uh, to get around this notion that uh, the Biden administration might not have as many. Uh, Openings of judgeships, and and certainly wouldn't have as many early on. You know, if he else if he ends up serving eight years, obviously just just by virtue of of math, he's going to get a number of, of opportunities, particularly at the district court level. But to have that many just from judges taking senior status within nine months is is um, is a little surprising to me, and uh, it's a it's a concern. Your thoughts?
0: Well. I think that this is clearly a way – and I don't know if activists have been pushing judges into taking senior status, if some of this is sua or it's a recognition by some judges who were appointed by Democrats. that, quite frankly, uh, they want another Democrat to take their position, and Biden's not going to be around too long, and the Democrats might not have much power in the Senate for too long. So they're trying to take advantage of that now. All of that's possible but I tend to believe that what this is, this is a way to give Biden and more appointments so that they can try to reshape the judiciary back the way that they want it before Trump started making his appointments. And what they do is they get judges, take senior status, get an opening. Now, you know, I've looked, I didn't find that there's any limit on the number of judges who can take senior status. Uh, what's interesting, interesting. Congress actually, for example, in the circuit courts, they determine how many judges will be on the circuit. Um, So this is kind of adding positions there.
1: Yeah, it's really almost a way of doubling the size of the judiciary, certainly at the uh, district and court of appeals level, without actually authorizing and appropriating and all that Congress would ordinarily have to do uh, to create new judgeships. I mean, you're essentially allowing as long as you can meet the 80 number um, to double slot. And of course, you know there are not many 35-year-old district court judges. No. Uh, so no. you know, by the time you get appointed and serve a few years, it's not hard to reach the total of 80, adding your age to your years of service. Um, and and, and it, once you do that, the judge can take senior status, and you know you have two people with, I guess one, excuse me, one one line item in the
0: budget. Yeah, I don't know how it works from a fiscal standpoint, but it has to be something like that. You know, and since we're talking about the money piece, you know, I, I try to determine how much federal judges make. And the most recent data I found was from 2019, and district court judges made a little over 210000 a year. Uh, circuit court judges were a little bit more, and then it went up to, you know, the 250s for uh, Supreme Court justices. Um, which is really, really good money when you want to take senior status and you're going to cl- continue to draw that salary for the rest of your life, and hear maybe you know, a few cases a year.
1: Yeah, um, and it's a, it's a, it's a great retirement.
0: And if you, if you're an active as judge, you determine which cases you want to hear. You might be the, the deciding vote on some cases.
1: That's right. Um, and 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 you might be, you know. There's this whole controversy, and maybe we need to get into this at some point where, you know, when you bring an action, a lawsuit designed to, uh, particularly with regard to uh, stopping uh, some uh, effort uh, by a political branch, be it at the federal or state level, uh, or, or, you know, to to take some action or, or... or, or do something you don't agree with. Well, you pick out a place where you can get an activist judge and then you get that judge to issue a statewide uh, injunction. I mean, a na- nationwide injunction. Uh, and, uh, you know, then then you, you, the litigants who who lost at the district court level are to some extent fighting uphill from that point on.
0: Uh, yeah. You know, I think this happened early in the Trump administration. I don't remember what the case was, but somebody brought a case in federal district court in Hawaii, that's right. the judge in Hawaii issued a nationwide injunction on the Trump administration applying uh, wherever this was, probably an executive order. I don't recall, but uh, someone, whether it was uh, Attorney General Sessions or somebody else said, talked about some judge sitting on a rock in the middle of Pacific Ocean, being able to tell everybody else what they could do.
1: Yeah. I think it was uh, an immigration ruling, if I don't if I remember correctly. And, and you're right. Um It's uh, it's troubling, the power that one has.
0: Now, what we can't say at this point is we can't say if, you know, maybe there's some trend that happens in the first year of every new president. Uh, We're going to try to dig for more data and see. But we can say this looks like a clear trend uh, and a clear effort to give Biden more uh, judicial appointments.
1: Indeed, it does. And if we're wrong, if the data shows we're wrong, we'll be glad to come on here and say we're wrong and we're sorry. But yes, I, don't we think, I don't think we need to worry about that. We're now into predictions.
0: Yeah. Anything else we want to cover?
1: I do. I, I want to say a couple of things. First, I note that today, October 20th, uh, our State Department is tweeting about the importance of International Pronouns Day. While they're Americans who were left behind in Afghanistan and still can't get out, the Chinese over the weekend launched a hypersonic missile, and we're worried about
0: pronoun. pronouns. Pronouns.
1: Pronouns. Uh, I find that deeply troubling. Um, and I think it is just one more disaster. On the, Obama, uh, on the Biden hit parade, um, and, and I, I just, I, for the life of me, I don't understand that. I, I can't fathom how Secretary Blinken and others within the administration don't see the irony in their spending time to tweet about the State Department's support for International Pronouns Day.
0: Or do you think it just shows how unserious these people are?
1: I think that's exactly what it is. And, you know, they campaigned on getting the adults back and charged. And yet it's, you know, it's 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 Orwellian. I mean, up is down. Down is up. Black is white. White is black. East is west. West is east. They were going to be adults. They were going to be the serious folks. And yet they're not. It's a clown show at every level. Um, and and I think it, 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 not only is it a clown show, but it's a tone deaf clown show. Um, it just, yeah,
0: there's some real problems out there now. It's not like think times are great for everybody, and so you know it kind of gets to pass. There's some real problems they could be working on,
1: right? And and they they just you know, um, I mean, take the the uh, the, the situation with the um, supply chain that we we're, we're you know staring down and, and Saki says uh, laughs and jokes about you know people getting their treadmills that they've ordered you know on a delayed basis and and, and it's not it's it's eight dollars for a gallon of milk and it's school systems not having enough food to serve a student's lunch during the school day uh, and and they don't seem to understand that um, and I think it's a question of the distinction or, or the, the the divide that has grown between the cultural elites and mainstream America in the last few years. I don't know when uh, I would say it; those years started, but, you know, it hasn't been too long. They don't understand what it's like to, to live a normal life, and they have no no ability to understand that, it seems, or no willingness to try to understand it.
0: No, instead, they want to just spin it as though this is just a what? What, what did the Ron Klein say? A first-class problem? Yes. Uh, it's just because things are so good. No, it's not. The, the fact is, we had an artificial recession, and you've dumped trillions of dollars into the economy. Inflation's heating up rapidly, and then on top of that, fuel accounts for a great deal of the cost of inflation. They've done everything they can to reduce America as a energy. Uh, uh, independent energy um, country.
1: Right. And, and, and then you've got the president, you know, basically down on his knees begging OPEC plus to increase uh, exports of oil. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. And, and optically, it's not good. And, and it's, you know, and, and another example over the weekend, Secretary Buttigieg, after, the, you know, I guess the mainstream media finally picked up on the fact that he was going on two months on paternity leave, yeah, that's well, something but,
0: when you're gone a couple of months and nobody notices. Yeah,
1: well, well, exactly. While well, there was this supply chain issue, and he's Secretary of the Transportation Department, and of course he wants to say, "Well, you're you're picking on me because uh, I'm in a same-sex marriage, and 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 so you're picking on me for taking paternity leave during that." And of course, no, they're not. You know, let him take his paternity leave, but he should have announced it. He should have said assistant secretary, undersecretary, deputy secretary, janitor, whatever, this person, John Doe, Jane Doe, is going to be in charge while I am away. And instead, you know, it was all done sort of behind the scenes and, and in a not, a, not a not anything close to transparent manner. And then, you know, when it hits the fan, he, oh, I'm coming back. And he was on, I guess it was on uh, this week, this, this past Sunday, Or maybe it was the meet the press. I'm not sure. But he he said on there that the reason for the supply chain issues, uh, a big part of that was due to the success of the Biden administration in restoring the economy. The demand for retail goods uh, in particular was up. And therefore, uh, that was why things weren't um, getting getting from from. Manufacturer to market, so to speak, or to consumer, so to speak, and of course that's preposterous.
0: Yeah,
1: it and is. Anybody with a you know a modicum of, of, of intelligence can see what seems to be looming with regard to the economy because of the inflation that you've talked about, all this money that is in the uh, that's been printed and dumped into the economy, um, and, and and you know we're headed it seems towards stagflation. The Fed is they seem to be paralyzed about whether or not to you know, raise interest rates and sort of back off a little bit. And, you know, the fallout from that, uh, it's, it's but but, you know, Buttigieg would say Biden's miracle uh, you know, I don't
0: I don't think they took that attitude when people were scrambling for toilet paper when the pandemic started. I think the Democrat candidates were pretty critical of the Trump administration for something they didn't have any control over because it was an unusual situation. Mm. But again, it's a supply chain issue. Um, you know, yeah, I have to say that for all the criticism uh, of the deep state in the government, I do think that there is something good about the institutions we have which continue to operate when, uh, you know, someone is missing in action or when we're between appointments or, you know, have an interim uh, deputy, uh, interim secretary, whatever the situation That's may true. be. We tend to have institutions that can move forward and keep the, the railroad or the train on the track, so to speak, to use yeah. the metaphor, I and, guess. And-, and in this case... You know what happens when Buddha Judge is gone? Apparently, nothing. Apparently, right. nobody was doing anything.
1: And that's yeah, that's a good point. And 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 you know, to some extent, you can take solace in the fact that that happens. Um, and and you know, uh, as you said, the trains keep running and you know reasonably on time and on the right tracks. On the other hand, it was a huge negative uh, for particularly for the Trump administration because those folks who perform those jobs, you know, the nameless career bureaucrats, federal employees, whatever you want to call them, um, just simply ignore, uh, policy directives that they don't agree with. So, uh, yeah, that's a good point, but there is good and bad to that as well. Um, here, it sounds like it, it may have been a good thing, uh, in that, uh, there were folks working and, and trying to address the, the, uh, the, the issue, but of course the Biden administration at, at its senior levels begs, requests private enterprise to help solve this problem. But what have they done for the last nine months? But attack the private sector at every turn, uh, and and now they you know they need some help, and who do they call for? But um, I heard a number of CEOs say. You know, we're you're not our friends. Don't don't look to us. Uh, we're we're you, you've done this. You've tied our hands. You know, in, in in California, there is a state law that says an independent trucker, you know, Ed Yeager, who owns his own tractor trailer and rig, and hauls you know on a kind of a, a contract basis. You can't do that at a port in California um you have to be an employee of a company you may have to be a union member I don't know about that but you have to be employed by a company you can't be an independent trucker and yet you have all of these containers just sitting there on these docks that have been offloaded and they can't get the trucks in there to get them out the president said last week that the uh, the ports uh, particularly Long Beach and LA would be working 24-7 Uh, Fox News was on this morning and they had a camera out there at four o'clock in the morning and they weren't working. Uh, And pretty
0: quickly after he said that, the director of port operations in Los Angeles said, we're not prepared to do that. It's a goal, but we can't just step right up to 24 hour operations.
1: Yeah, you can't throw a switch and make it happen. Uh, But yet, you know, they're they're begging the private sector to come bail them out of this. So it's just it is a clown show um, and and it's, it's it's hurting our country. Uh, the the other thing I wanted to talk about, and then I, I, and I wanted to get your take on this particularly, USA Today had a story this afternoon. A New York transplant surgeon successfully transplanted a pig's kidney into a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the human being was um, they used the term brain dead, um, and uh, you know I I, I I some people were. Uh, Aggressively trumpeting the merits of this, uh, others were aggressively trumpeting the uh, potential dangers of this. And, and I'm not sure which way I come down. I, you know, uh, it's a pig. It's a kidney. Uh, if it works, you know, uh, yeah. you, you're not. You're not. You know, you don't have to worry about uh, Kramer's pig man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so I, I, I'm not sure what I think. I just thought it was remarkable that, that this guy had done this. And I wanted to get your thoughts from the more erudite side of the program.
0: Yeah. You know, I saw you sent me that. I, I saw the headline. I, I honestly um, I had mixed feelings about it also. Um, you know, I know that they've used pig valves for some time. Yeah. In okay. Valve replacement surgery for uh, for hearts, human hearts. And I guess they work well. Yeah. And that has been advantageous. Uh, in this particular case, I I don't know enough about it. So I'm making some assumptions here, and I'll tell you what those assumptions are. But my assumptions are that they, uh, the human patient, they describe him as brain dead. So my assumption is that the purpose of this was to experiment to see how That's it was right. going to work. And secondly, that they got permission or consent from his next of kin or his healthcare power of attorney or somebody else in authority.
1: That's right. The body was donated for for um, uh, medical study
0: purposes. Yeah. And based on those two assumptions, I have absolutely no problems with this, really. Once I thought it through, I mean, you know, maybe they're learning something that will help, you know, save in the lives. future when they, they need to save lives. I, I just uh, we're all we are already use things from animals in different ways, uh, such as the pig valves, i I'm not I'm not troubled by that at all,
1: yeah,
0: you know, it's, it's sad for the pigs, but we're already killing pigs, so yeah. you know, perhaps there's a humane way that we you know collect our bacon and also their valves
1: right. I, I like uh, bacon and barbecue, so you know yeah. so what's on what's on your radar?
0: well, there there is this story that broke this week out of Yale Law School. And uh, I'll just give you the quick summary, give our listeners the quick summary. I know you're familiar with it. And uh, But there is a student there who belongs to a Native American law student organization. He also is a member of the Federalist Society student chapter. Federalist Society is a group of conservative lawyers. And so he sent out a notice of some, some type of social event that he was going to host. And then he got called in front of the dean of diversity for Yale Law School, and he secretly recorded the conversation. And so it's appeared in a number of places, from the Washington Examiner to the Free Beacon. I'm sure there there are multiple other sites. Well, apparently Yale Law School is, is, you know, pretty – embroiled into this now and, and there's a lot of controversy going on because some of the things that the dean of diversity said to him was, you know, we're only giving you leeway because you're a Native American. If you were white, we we would uh, we would not give you any leeway because apparently one of the words he he used, this dean said, well, that, that could trigger uh, some of the other minority students here. There have been complaints about it. And so they basically want to, for better one of a better phrase, cancel this guy. They threaten his... Uh, future as a lawyer in the state of Connecticut. And so I just I find this this fascinating. I think it's outrageous how he's being treated and how the administration at Yale Law School is acting. So I'm waiting to see what happens over the next few weeks.
1: Yes, uh, quite interesting. I I did notice, too, that there were a couple of professors um, from Yale who were sort of going to bat for the kid um, uh, yesterday afternoon, um, one of whom... Uh, agreed for her name to be to be used. The other asked to remain anonymous, but they, they essentially said that uh, Yale's statement was untruthful and that they they really were out to get this kid and and that it was an affront to free speech and and uh, uh, academic freedom if nothing else. And you know, I read the the I guess it was an email or a social media post about this party. I, I mean. I I didn't see that he said anything wrong. It seemed to me that the issue was using the term trap house. And and I'd net, frankly never heard that before. Uh, and I still don't know that I understand what it means or how it was used or, or why it might be offensive. Um, but, you know, we we need to get back in this country to uh, the old idea that, um, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt
0: me. Uh, yeah, this is an example of people finding something to be offended by. Right. It's, it's at, at one of our, our nation's most prestigious law schools, where people are supposed to be really adult and really serious,
1: and and, and reasonable, and and headed to uh, positions of great power uh, and and leadership, uh, w- both within and without government. Um, you know, y- y- your, La- your, your general Yale law graduate, you know, doesn't end up, um, you know, hanging up a shingle in Podunkville. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, because there's not, but uh, th- these folks go on to prestigious jobs where they uh, have a, a, a big ability to affect policy and the law and, 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 and people.
0: Yeah, as a matter of fact, before – correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that before Amy Coney Barrett was appointed and confirmed to the U.S. Supreme Court, every justice on the U.S. Supreme Court – had gone to either Yale or to Harvard, either undergrad or law school. That is correct. So, yeah, what's on your radar for the next week?
1: Well, just the the, the continuing immigration story, um, and uh, I, I noticed uh, last time I checked, a few minutes ago, uh, our Red Sox were getting thrashed by the Astros, so, so their season may be coming to an end as early as tomorrow. Um, but I hope not. So I'm, I've got my eye peeled on baseball, uh, always, but particularly now. Uh, I'm, I'll be interested to see, uh, you know, we lost Colin Powell this week. Um, I, I was not a fan of his politically. Uh, I, I, think he, I think he did some things that were self-serving um, in, in response to what he perceived to be his failings, Uh, As Secretary of State, when he led, um, uh, helped lead our nation to to war with Iraq over the the issue of the weapons of mass destruction, I think rather than own some of what is perceived by many to be a mistake over that issue, he he tended to blame uh, others and and not take his share of the blame. But I think that led to um, his uh, support of um both president obama and president biden politically and of course it's a free country he can do that i i, I don't necessarily begrudge him of that support but I, I do think that he he didn't handle the criticism of the of his speech to the u.n in particular uh, very well uh, i also am not satisfied that he was incorrect in what he said um, but uh, he was a hero um, he did a lot of good things a lot of great things to be to be frank uh, for our country, and he served it um, as best he could for, oh, I think, over 40 years, um, if you include his civilian service. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 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 he does not seem to be one who got rich at the taxpayer's expense like you see so often.
0: Uh, he, as a matter of fact, I would say that there was a time when he would have been a solid. Um, candidate for president and he yeah. and his wife uh chose not to do that
1: yeah and and he chose not to do it because she was afraid that that he would be uh, assassinated um uh principally because of his race um and and that's a sad uh, sad commentary um you know uh, it's it's um uh, he got a lot of, it got a lot of publicity yesterday morning as it should have when he died um and he got praise from across the, uh, the political spectrum, as he should have. Um, I was a little disappointed in that today. It didn't seem to be, uh, uh, there didn't seem to be any, any continuation of that. I'm hopeful that, and I don't even know when the funeral is, but when there is a funeral that uh, that this country will pay more attention to, to one of its leaders and one of its heroes um, because, uh, you know, what he did— uh, and the way he did it, uh, you know, I don't think I heard, I have ever heard anyone describe him as um, personally in a negative way. You know, he was soft spoken. He 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 liked people. Uh, he was reserved. Um, he uh, he you know he he. he, he he was the quintessential leader in that he believed in taking the blame himself, except for the exception that I, that I noted a few minutes ago. But giving giving credit to others that was one of his tenets, um, and uh, I think we need more of that. So I'll give him his one error, uh, and I'll say he was a great American, and, and he will be missed. So I, I'll be interested in watching the uh, you know the service if there is one, and, and the, the the remembrance. Um, you know, he, he stood up after Vietnam, even though it was almost 10 years later when he started to to gain power with his stars to say, here's where we made mistakes and we don't need to make those same mistakes again.
0: Yeah, it, his is a great American story. I mean, he came from humble beginnings. He served two tours in Vietnam and he was part of a generation that brought America back after whether you call it a debacle or not, but the experience of Vietnam. He and, and someone like Norman Schwarzkopf, they learned those lessons, and they were determined that the military would be strong and powerful again, and, and they were large parts of that.
1: And, and we need not forget that.
0: Yes. Well, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Let's Think About That podcast. You can contact us at comments at letsthinkpodcast.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please click subscribe on your podcast provider and leave us a review.